There's a hole in this country where its heart used to be. And no glory is divided on the firing street. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say, stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me. Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
Thursday morning, St. Louis and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you into the flood zone, the Midwest, specifically the St. Louis area, where it has been raining again all night. And if you can't get flooded now, you've got a solid foundation to your house, especially if you're sitting at the bottom of a hill or at the bottom of a cul-de-sac. But we welcome you in anyway this morning, and hopefully that's not happening to you. This is the Window World King's Court. Kevin Slayton with you right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com, the only place you can hear our show live. But you can hear the podcast here on our website, as well as on Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and wherever it is that you go for your podcast, you'll find us. So spread the good word. We continue to grow. We continue to broaden our audience nationally, and we're having fun. But the most important thing we're doing is giving you the truth, and it's not my claim that it's the truth. It's supported by facts and evidence. You see, anybody can tell you that what they're saying is the truth. You've experienced that, I'm sure. We call those people liars. If they don't have evidence and facts to back it up, they're either lying or it's simply their opinion. If you have facts to discredit what they're saying, They're liars. And that's what we do. We have the facts. We have the evidence. If it's just our opinion, we'll tell you that. We're not misleading anybody here. It's the only place in the country that you can come and find nobody misleading you. And there are more facts and more evidence and more troubling things happening in this country this morning, probably than ever before. It just gets worse, and it will continue to get worse as we lead up to the midterm elections. You're going to hear propaganda like you've never heard before. You're going to hear lies told like you've never heard before. You've got to have a filter for the lies. My advice to everybody is to tune out any mainstream media. I don't care what it is. Tune it out. If this country had even a morsel of a conscience, which it does not have, There wouldn't be a single person that would vote for any liberal associated with this regime that's in charge now. All you have to do is take a look at the border. I don't know if anybody's heard Ted Cruz and what he found when he went to the border. He took seven senators down there, and they went out on border patrol with the agents at midnight. What they found was horrific. Five- and six-year-old girl, two girls, lying on the same patch of ground, had been raped, brutally raped by the drug cartels and left to die. Now, how are those two girls going to ever get over that as they go through adulthood? How? This is all the result of Biden and these liberals running a wide-open border process so that the cartels can control it and human trafficking is at its highest. This is all on Biden, the most evil dictator we've ever seen in this country. And his demented band of criminals that surround him, like Obama, like Clinton. I would say Harris, but she's too out to lunch to even know what's going on. Remember, she's in charge of the border. And so while these things are being documented by Ted Cruz, horrific things, and you'll hear from Robert Almonte this morning, he's a former U.S. Marshal, He'll tell you about the rape tree. That's right, I said the rape tree down on the border. But the person put in charge of the border was Heels Up Harris. Instead, she's having a conference with people 
discussing the effects on disabled people of Roe versus Wade. Can you imagine this? I mean, these people are just flat out sick and they're evil. They're evil and they're sick. They're sick and they're evil. And they're in charge. They're in charge. Don't forget that part. That's the worst part. So we're going to have some of that for you today. You're going to hear Biden talk about how he wakes up in the morning. Harris, another beauty. So we're going to have deep thoughts with Heels Up Harris this morning. (laughs) Donald Trump spoke in Washington, D.C. yesterday for the first time since he left office. You'll hear what he has to say about the thugs running through the streets. And then Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, again makes an ass of himself, this time telling everybody, we can't have these thugs, we can't have this catch and release, we can't have this cash bail bond, and yet he does nothing about it. Chuck Grassley, the senator from Iowa, in his 80s, is still sharper than Christopher Ray at the FBI. And we'll give you evidence to back that up, and evidence to show you just how politically biased and corrupt the FBA remains to this day. You thought they'd extricated themselves with the Russia, Russia, Russia debacle? That they were going to clean up their act? No, they have not. If anything, they've gotten worse. Christopher Ray is a criminal enemy of the country, and yet he runs the FBI. It's laughable. You wouldn't believe this of a third world country. Sandy Cortez has taken the lid off the lies of the January 6th committee. What? Sandy Cortez did? Oh, yeah. Now, it's all in her own self-interest. She claims she's not safe in the Capitol. And so she decided she would do a little Instagram video and expose the inside job that January 6th was, that Washington police were opening the doors to the Capitol and letting protesters in, helping them come in. She wants to know what that's all about. Well, so do other people, but the committee in charge of finding out what it's about has no interest in it. So you'll hear Sandy's objections. You'll hear some bizarre descriptions of the economy and inflation <laughs> and what recession actually means. Where do you hear how full of crap these people are? Mikey Obama is going to lecture you, you whitey. All of you white people out there are going to get a lecture this morning from Mikey Obama, one of the most bigoted, racist imbeciles of our time. Victor David Hansen will put a lot of people in their place, especially liberals, and he'll issue a challenge to universities with regard to the illegal aliens in our country. You're going to love that. Matt Gates. Matt Gates has a couple of spectacular moments on our show this morning, one of which he'll speak directly to Hunter Biden. The other one he'll speak to the women who are at abortion rallies. <laughs> You're going to love both. We finally have a school board member in this country that has A spine. I would say she has balls, but it's a woman. Although in this day and age, who knows? But she's a school board member in Florida, and she's had enough of the perversion and the pornography that masquerades as education books on the shelves of school children in America today. She's not having it at her school uh, system where she's a board member. And we'll tell you what she's doing about it. She's not just talking about it. She's doing something about it. Which I love. Even Jimmy Fallon is mocking Biden today. Finally, 
a late night show in good fun goes after O'Biden. It's supposed to be the way it is, the way it always was. I was watching Johnny Carson last night, laughing to death. Real comedy. Real comedy. But there's nothing funny about what's going on at the border, and that's all at Biden's feet. Every one of those little girls being raped and beaten and brutalized by the savages that are the cartels, it's all Biden's fault. There is nobody else to blame. He is it. People have been imploring him from Texas and Arizona and every border state to stop this. Three million illegal aliens have come across the border since he took off in a year and a half. You don't have to be a genius to do the math. That's six million in three years. About seven million in four years. We're going to have seven million additional illegal aliens in this country by the time this asshat is out of office if something isn't done. Now, you'd think, you and I can't do anything, but you'd think Congress would do something. They haven't passed an immigration bill since Hitler was a corporal. And they don't seem to have any interest in doing it now. Kind of blows me away. So we've got all of that for you and more. We also want to tell you with all these rainstorms that we're getting, you better give your roof a check. And if you want peace of mind, it's not expensive. Most people say, yeah, I'd like peace of mind to know about my roof. It protects my greatest investment, but I just don't want to pay for it. Well, guess what? Here's some good news. You don't have to pay for it. Zycan Exteriors will come out to your house and give you a free damage inspection. You'll get peace of mind about your roof for free. And you won't have to worry about it potentially leaking in the next round of storms, which are due tonight and tomorrow. Call them now, 636 345 6873. 636-345-6873. From the east side, 618-806-6911. 618-806-6911. And they'll come out to your house, just like they did mine, and give you the free damage inspection. They did find a problem on my roof. But plenty of listeners to the show, friends of mine, have all called Zycan. They've come out and given them that free inspection and found no problem. Clean bill of health. Call us if you have an issue. Well, you'll find out if your roof's leaking right now. You better call Zycan and see if there's a potential for it to keep happening or to start happening. They'll bring their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau out there. I got a full roof replacement with all upgraded Owens Corning shingles because Zycan is a preferred contractor of Owens Corning. Now, they've been around since 1949, so they're not going anywhere. Instead, you listen to these fly-by-night operators that come into your neighborhood after storms like this. They'll be knocking on your door, your neighbor's door today, tomorrow, the next day. Don't listen to them. Do yourself a favor. You'll get a cheap roof put on. It'll be leaking soon. You'll call them. They're nowhere to be found, and it's your fault. Go to a company that's reputable. Zycan Exteriors is one of those. Been here since 1949. Going nowhere. 636 345 6873 from the east side 618-806-6911. All right, time to kick off this morning's show. And it's Joe Wuhan Willie O'Talabiden sitting around in some White House office by himself. He looks like a demented old man, which he is, by the way. He looks like a hostage releasing a video from some faraway land. 
He's really insane. But now he wants you to know that he works out. Now, does anybody believe that Joe Biden works out? Joe Biden can't walk up the stairs. He fell up the stairs, not down the stairs. He can't walk up the stairs to Air Force One without falling not once, not twice, but three times. He shuffles, barely able to move, in walking off stage while shaking the hand of an invisible man. You believe he works out? He wants you to think he does because he wants he wants to lie to you. He wants you to think, hey, I'm in perfect shape, dude. My dog wakes me up by licking my face. Feeling great. You know, I've had two full nights of sleep all the way through. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, my dog had to wake me up this morning. My wife's not here. She usually takes him out in the morning while I'm upstairs working out. So I felt this nuzzle of my dog's nose against my chest about five minutes to seven. While I'm upstairs working out, my wife usually takes him out. So you don't have... Anybody from the Secret Service who can take your dog out? And by the way, what's the dog doing waking you up? Aren't you wake? Aren't you already awake to go work out? I mean, that's what you just claimed. This is how demented the guy is. He tells you he's usually working out at that time when his wife takes the dog out. But now that his wife's gone, who knows where she is, then he doesn't get up and work out, apparently. There's no alarm clocks in the White House. There's no way to wake this guy unless his dog licks his chest. God, this is such a pathetic, demented asshat, and he's leading this country. I say leading in quotes because it's such a lie. This is so embarrassing and humiliating to this country that that jackass is anywhere near the the levers of power and that he's making decisions that affect all of us in the negative. All of these problems with inflation and the border could be solved immediately. By noon today, they could all be solved. These are not problems that people scratch their head over. God, how can we solve this? These are all self-inflicted wounds by this jackass. And so what was Heels Up Harris doing while Joe was getting licked by his dog and working out? Well, she was holding a conference with people to discuss the effects of Roe versus Wade being overturned on disabled people. I'm so happy that she's addressing the issues of the day. Let me ask you something. How would Roe versus Wade being returned to the states, the abortion question, affect disabled people more than it would anybody else? It doesn't. But she wants to hold a conference on it because... She can bitch and moan and whine, and she can't do that about the border because people ask her legitimate questions. No one cares about this. But I found it interesting as we go deep thoughts with Heels Up Harris when she introduced herself. Good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris, my pronouns are she and her, I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. Well, there you go. People coming in to discuss the most pressing issues of our time. The issue they're discussing is the effects of abortion, or the effects of Roe versus Wade, and it's overturning the abortion law into 
the effects it has on disabled people. That's the most pressing issue of the day. Did you know that? I understand you're going broke. Your 401k is empty. You can't afford gas. You can't afford food. You can't afford tuition for your kids. You can't afford to drive to and from work. But the most pressing issue of the day, according to the vice president of the United States, is the effect of Roe versus Wade on disabled people. She wanted to make sure you knew who she was because I guess she has a mask on. She didn't want you to confuse her with a bank robber. So she has a mask on, and she wanted you to know her pronouns. This regime can't get more embarrassing or humiliating, and yet it does every day. It actually gets worse every day. And she told you what she was wearing. She's wearing a blue dress. Now, only a colorblind person looking at the video would not know she's wearing a blue dress, but even that person would wonder, why do you think I care? Why do you think I care what color your dress is or whether you're wearing a dress anyway? You could be wearing pants. You could be wearing a sweatsuit for all I care. Why is that important? So the most pressing issues of the day for her at a conference discussing the most pressing issues of the day, I'm speaking like her, is her pronoun usage, her name, and what color dress she's wearing. More deep thoughts with heels up. So when I think about what we need to do to address mayor, um, what ultimately does so often fall on the shoulders of our mayors to address on a community level. Wow. I mean, <laughs> doesn't, and she's always whining, that constant whine in her voice. On a community level. My God, this woman. And Judge Janine Pirro has her pegged perfectly. So don't give me this garbage that, oh, Joe Biden isn't giving her a chance. She's lazy and she's not interested. That's why she's a failure. Carpe diem, Judge Janine. She is lazy. What does this woman do? She tells you her pronouns, what color dress she's wearing, tells you her name. Who in the world thought there should be a conference on the effects of Roe versus Wade on disabled people when we are starving, we can't get gas, people aren't going to be able to heat their homes in the winter as it approaches? We have three million illegal aliens flooding our employment system. But she wants you to know that she's on top of the most pressing issue of the day, Roe versus Wade. Disabled people. The ironic part of that is that she doesn't give a damn about disabled people. She couldn't care less. Couldn't care less. That is one sick duck. And I'm really starting to wonder about Willie Brown. You you were the mayor of San Francisco, and this is the best you could do for your side action? Seriously? You couldn't do better than that? I assume Willie Brown was looking for a mistress who had no functioning brain, who couldn't speak. Maybe that's maybe that's a good thing since she is your mistress. You don't want her to rat you out. So you pick somebody who's too illiterate. And if she ever did rat you out, no one would believe her because she would jumble the words up so badly, no one would even know what she was talking about. If she w- Imagine her trying to rat out Willie Brown for having an affair. She would say something to the effect of, to those people who have affairs, 
I have an affair to remember. Oh, I'm sorry, that was the name of a movie, an affair to remember. As I remember my affair, and you may be remembering your affair, my affair was with a man with the name of a color. No, not Bill Blue, not Oscar Orange, not Barry Brown, but somebody named Brown. I can't think of who it is. I don't know what his pronouns are, but it was a color. I remember it being a color. But anyway, affairs are things that you probably should avoid, and my affair to remember is one that I'm forgetting. That would be somewhat what she would be saying. So no one would ever know that she's having an affair with Willie Brown, and if you guessed it, you'd probably say, eh, it can't be possible. Nobody's as stupid as anybody who, who would have an affair with her. Feel like going out for a little walk when the rain lifts? Depends on where you live. I'd be very careful. Heels up, Harris and Biden have made the streets, not of San Francisco, but the streets of every major city in America, dangerous places. It's no longer a walk down the street. It's a walk in a jungle, a jungle that is violent, a jungle that has killers, robbers, thieves, everything except decent people. And who do we blame that on? Biden. You say, well, wait a minute. He's not the one letting these people out. He's the one advocating it. He's the one who advocated defunding police. Now, he lies and tells you that he didn't. He wants to be their friend all of a sudden. But he did. He was asked if these funds needed to be diverted, and he said, yes, they do. So he can lie all he wants. He can enlist the Chris Wallaces of the world, the little sycophant Chris Wallace, who's completely rendered irrelevant by his own arrogance in leaving Fox. You can have him line up to lie for you, as he did repeatedly. But it doesn't matter. Everybody knows you are against the police, that you are in favor of defunding them. And now these this wave of criminality that engulfs this country is you. President Trump was in D.C. yesterday, and he talked about, as I've suggested that the Republicans talk about, what they're going to do to stop things, what they're going to do to make our lives better. We get it. The election was rigged. We don't need to hear it anymore. And that's my message to President Trump. On that regard, I agree with Mike Pence. Keep your focus on what you're going to do for people, and Trump did that yesterday in Washington. Let the people that have to have guns, that need to have guns, let them have them. But take them away from the criminals. If you're a convicted felon and you have a gun, you're off the streets and you know where you go. The mere concept of defunding the police should never again be stated or even heard. It is so ridiculous. It's absurd. It's beyond ridiculous. It's beyond absurd. It's a criminal act all by itself. Now, in New York, some guy was convicted of a violent crime, felon. It was a felony. He was let out of jail just a day before he encountered a police officer while he was jumping the turnstile at the subway. The police officer stopped him. The criminal began to beat on the police officer, and a big fight ensued. And the video that was shown on 
these networks, had the face of the criminal fuzzed over, but not the face of the police officer. It was a black police officer, as it turns out, and a black thug that he was fighting. But now we're covering the face of the criminal as if they deserve some sort of protections. That's your media for you. So this guy had just been convicted of a felony for a violent crime and was out on the streets already when he encountered this police officer. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, doesn't like it at all. He doesn't like this cash bail process. And here's what he had to say. Catch, release, repeat. Catch, release, repeat. This person was arrested for robbery a few days ago. Now he's back. As soon as we catch them, the system releases them, and they repeat the action. <laughs> that is just, you know, that's when I say we're the laughing stock of the country, this is what I'm talking about. How do we keep our city safe when the other parts of the criminal justice system, they have abandoned our public safety apparatus? Well, why are you asking the question? You were elected mayor to solve that problem. Why don't you know how to solve the problem? Why don't you conduct a speech every day from the city hall steps disgracing the governor of your state and that imbecile prosecutor who lets violent thugs back out on the streets, Alvin Bragg? You wouldn't even name them. You wouldn't even name Alvin Bragg or Kathy Hockule as if they're supposed to be a protected class. Why don't you call them out to start with? That way you'll let the people of New York City know and the people of New York State know you shouldn't be voting for these people. They're the ones causing it. But Eric Adams doesn't do that. He sits there and mocks the system as, well, you know, how how can we even have safe streets when these people? Well, who are these people? Alvin Bragg, Kathy Hockule. And what are you doing about it? Nothing. He's not alone. Every major city in America has a mayor that's a Democrat that pulls the same thing. They never speak out about their district attorneys and how corrupt they are. Why doesn't he tell us? Alvin Bragg's a corrupt politician. So is Hockule. They'll do anything to get elected. They'll pander to any group, the lowest common denominator. They befriend criminals. Why don't you say that? You're right on one point. You are the laughing stock of America, but you have a lot of company. You're not alone. And that's sad all by itself, right? Yeah, it is, actually. And what's he going to do about it? Well, so far, he's going to do nothing about it. Chuck Grassley's busy doing something about the FBI. In fact, he wrote a letter to Christopher Wray demanding to know about this Tebow guy, who's an FBI agent who has decided to not investigate Hunter Biden, but to investigate Donald Trump instead. Imagine that. Just a small conundrum for the FBI, and Grassley wanted to know why, and so he called on Christopher Wray. They had people making decisions on what should be investigated or start to investigate or not investigate and what uh, to 
shut down an investigation had political bias in it. It's as simple as uh, uh, opening a case against uh, Trump that was based on fuzzy liberal newspaper reports. It was a good reason to advance the the investigation. But when it come to Hunter Biden, with plenty of concrete information, it was shut down. It's pretty simple. And uh, we have evidence that some of these people have exhibited this political bias over a long period of time, because there's a guy by the name of Tebow that the whistleblowers told me about. I took it directly to uh, Ray uh, I guess he had done this when we issued a press release on it, but I talked to him about it uh, to thank him because he moved that guy out of the decision-making of which uh, investigation should go ahead and which one should be stopped. But that gives you an example of, uh, of political bias, and it hurts uh, uh, the integrity of the FBI. The FBI doesn't have any integrity under Christopher Wray, and in fact, Grassley wondered... If the FBI can be saved. But I wonder if the whole situation isn't so bad. There's a lot of it going on that even Ray doesn't know about. That's a sad commentary. That's why you got to rely on whistleblowers that know down at the grassroots that something's wrong. Listen to the whistleblowers. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more with Matt Gates. Our research assistant found this. Matt Gates had a surprise for Hunter Biden. Since the FBI won't investigate him, Matt Gates decided to shock all of them and talk directly to Hunter Biden. Let me speak to you directly, Hunter. I asked the FBI where your laptop was, and it seems they've misplaced it. How weird. But it just turns out that I have a copy right here. I entered it in the congressional record. We have your texts, we have your emails, we have the payments from Burisma, we have your travel records, we even know the Chinese communists who own you. You and the big guy have never lived one day under real Republican oversight. Carpe quadruple diem, Matt Gates. Let's get the Republican oversight underway the first day you take power. Immediate, no hesitation, and go full bore. Give these people a taste of their own crap. And don't stop till they're in jail. And put them in jail. Don't tell me there's not enough evidence. Everybody with a functioning brain sees the evidence on this laptop. It's everywhere. We have eyewitness accounts. We have texts. We have phone calls. We have emails all implicating Biden himself and that criminal drug addict kid of his. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that Dr. Jill's involved. We know that Biden's brother's involved, so it's got to be a family affair. It's unconscionable, but I hope Matt Gates is the leader of this effort. That's what I hope. Because that's who we need, people like him. Sandy Cortez is unwittingly helping out. She's now completely embarrassed this sham of a committee, this unconstitutional committee known as the January 6th Committee, which now has been requesting records from the Secret Service for a year, they claim. The Secret Service has basically told them to go F off. 
But yesterday, the Secret Service decided to dump hundreds of thousands of pages of documents on their desk. (laughs) Here, go through this. Have at it. And Zoe Lofgren, that whacked-out wench from California, oh, you know, we're still disturbed by the text messages that were deleted and erased. We want a forensic audit of those phones. Well, the Inspector General has shut down any effort to do that. Some people in Washington are having a conscience. Maybe maybe it's only for a moment, so we better hold on. But they're not sucking up to this illegal committee anymore. And Sandy Cortez is one of those. Amazing that she'd be one of them. But she wants answers about the cooperation of the Washington Capitol Police in opening the doors to the Capitol to let protesters wander on in. That there were actual officers working with this, and we never got to the bottom of that, and we never got any answers about that. And then to this day, we're just supposed to pretend that that never happened. I have no idea what happened to the people on the inside who were very clearly sympathetic with what was going on and opening the doors wide open for that. And I'm supposed to sit here and pretend like none of that ever happened. And then right afterwards, you have a massive, you know, you just have this idea that throwing money at that problem is going to make it go away without any accountability. And so this this is where these things are breaking down. You could tell that guy was against her. He said, you mean like Antifa? Of course, she just goes right over that. And you could burn some buildings. <laughs> she ignores that because she's a psychotic liberal. But here she is wondering about the inside job that was January 6th and letting people come in. Now, other than a few broken things and a few broken windows, nothing was damaged. Nobody was hurt except for the people that were protesting. Two of their members were murdered by the Washington police. But Sandy Cortez says she wants to know why these insiders were sympathetic to the cause. Well, here, let me let me give her a little education. Those police officers or security people who opened the doors of the Capitol for the protesters are sympathetic to their cause because their cause is legitimate. Their cause is constitutional. Their cause is saving the republic. Their cause is overturning illegal elections that were stolen by people like Sandy Cortez. So if you want to know why, I just got to the bottom of it for you, Sandy. You don't have to look any further. You won't get answers from Pelosi and that gang of criminals. Don't even look for it. It won't happen. It won't be forthcoming. Their only agenda, as we all know and we always have known, is to cripple Donald Trump. It's not even to get an indictment against Trump, even though Merrick Garland has now opened a criminal case with a grand jury. An indictment's easy to get. Don't be confused if indictments come because they're easy to get. But I believe this continual harassment of Trump only works in his behavior, or excuse me, on his behalf. Because you can't continue to harass a person and people in this country not take notice. At some point, you scratch your head and you say, well, you've investigated him inside and out, up and down, east and west. You have nothing. Why are you still investigating him? You don't have any evidence that he committed any kind of act, criminal or otherwise, on January 6th. And the reason you don't have evidence is because it didn't happen. Now, you have a bunch of liars you've trotted out there, none of which have corroborating testimony. 
I'm not even sure a grand jury would indict under that kind of crap. But we never know because we don't know the makeup of the grand jury. It's in Washington, D.C., so you can count on it being liberals. So I just want to prepare everybody that if there is an indictment, it's bogus and it will never, ever have any effect other than this. It's designed to have a chilling effect on voters and to hurt Donald Trump's chances of getting reelected. That's all it is. At the end of the day, if that happens, that's what it's designed to do. It isn't hard, as, as I say, to get an indictment. The old saying is you can indict a ham sandwich. A grand jury hears testimony from only one side. Always understand that. The grand jury system in this country is absurd. It's a joke. It's archaic. And it makes no common sense. Why do you have a grand jury who hears just one side of the evidence? They never call witnesses in for the alleged perpetrator's defense. They only call witnesses that the prosecution wants them to hear. Instead of grand juries, we need to go back to the prosecutor. You go ahead and charge a person. Don't shuffle it off to the grand jury. You charge them. That way, if they're innocent and you lose a trial, it's on you because you charge them without any evidence. That's what a grand jury does. A grand jury indicts people without any evidence because it's not evidence when you're only hearing one side without cross-examination. There is no cross-examination of these people in a grand jury. It's me going in there and saying, this neighbor of mine beat me up robbed me of $50,000 in cash and then having the prosecutor go ahead and charge the guy or the grand jury indict the guy. And the grand jury would indict that guy because they would, that guy would have no opportunity to give his case to the grand jury or to have his lawyer cross-examine me. Now, a defendant, alleged defendant, can go into a grand jury and testify Without his lawyer. Lawyer can't go. In what scenario does that make any sense in a legal system that we have that is designed to protect you until you are proven guilty? How does that jive with the stated mission of our legal system? It does not. It's a hoax. Grand juries are a hoax. They're like school boards. They're worthless. They need to be abolished. All they, all they exist to do is cause trouble where there isn't any. And that's what they're trying to do with this Merrick Garland grand jury. Isn't it odd he'd call a grand jury uh, on Trump but not pursue Hunter Biden? Actually, it's not odd at all. It's about as credible as Jared Bernstein is. He's one of these... Council of Economic Advisor guys that Biden has. I don't know how many of these hacks there are. This is what Trump's talking about when he gets back in. He will eliminate all these bureaucratic positions. You don't need them. You know how many economic advisors you need if you're the president? Two. Because if a guy states his opinion and it's X, if the other guy states his opinion in agreement, now you got a consensus. If the other guy disagrees, you can hear them both out and make your decision. But you don't need more than two. But they must have 50. And this Jared Bernstein, I'm going to let you hear a person who is more full of crap than anyone you've ever listened to. 
I don't care who it is, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your kids, your grandparents, your grandson, your granddaughter, nobody is as full of crap as this guy. Try to decipher what he's saying when he's asked a simple question about the recession, which, by the way, he doesn't even want to say. It's almost like a curse word. And then tries to explain to you what transitory means as if you're a third grader and need a thesaurus. I think it has to do with the, um, I'm going to use uh, economics, with the periodicity, which is, uh, um, it, uh, I see this is, this is why you do a better job than I do. Um, I think it has to do with um, the uh, ambiguity about the length of that word is what it has to do with. I think it has to do with the ambiguity about the length of that word. Um, some people hear transitory, and they're going to think weeks and months. Others hear transitory, particularly probably economists who are used to the broader ups and downs of cycles and think longer periods. Uh, and I think the um, lack of specificity about the cadence that were, was implied by that word, the temporal cadence implied by that word, uh, led to a level of ambiguity that, that wasn't serving the, the debate uh, uh, very well. Wow. Are you swimming in crap right now? You sure are if you were anywhere around that guy. The ambiguity regarding the length of the word transitory is the problem. So you thought it was inflation. You thought it was soaring gas prices. And only in America, by the way, would you celebrate gas coming down 20 cents a gallon and remaining up over $2 a gallon. Only here would you celebrate such stupidity. But but that's not the problem. The problem isn't high gas prices, high hamburger food prices, high everything prices. The problem is the ambiguity regarding the length of the word transitory. The temporal cadence implies something different to each person. The temporal cadence. Can anybody explain to me what temporal cadence of a word is? Here's a typical asshat political hack who fancies himself to be much more intellectually superior than anyone else. So I'll be tossing some words out there. I don't even know what the first word he used was. So I'm going to be talking, tossing some words out there to make myself sound like an intellectual, make you scratch your head and say, wow, he's smarter than I am. When I scratch my head, I say, what a dumbass and what a bullshitter. This guy stra- strains the length of the imagination that you would ever believe anybody's line of crap that he threw out there. The ambiguity regarding the length of the word. So... When I look at my 401k and it's disappearing right before my very eyes, my thought is it isn't Biden's fault. It's not inflation. It's the damn ambiguity regarding the length of the word transitory. I'm going to call my guy up and say, listen, if you don't know how to invest better by understanding the length of the word transitory, then I'm getting somebody else. I don't want to hear any more about your temporal cadence. They actually think people believe this line of crap. And I guess some people do. But that was such a line of crap, I'd like you to explain what the crap meant. It wasn't just lies. Like I wasn't just lying. Not, not at all. He was just making it up as he went. 
Honestly, I've never heard anything like that in my life. It's almost comedic with these people. And it gets uh, even better in some ways. Brian Deese is the director of this, this maddening group, the council, the economic council in the White House. He says, hey, what's the big objection out there? So what if gas prices are exorbitantly high and food prices the same and your 401ks are disappearing? This is in Africa. Obviously, the, the high prices are hitting Americans very hard, but uh, that in, in a way that is different from some places that are facing famine, for example. So we've got that to be thankful for. We're not facing famine. God, this is their answer. Hey, what are you going to do about high gas prices and high food prices and my di- disappearing 401k? Hey, what are you worried about? We don't have a famine. Don't you just want to punch somebody like this guy, Brian Deese? I'd like to pop him right in the chops. I'd like to take that idiot Bernstein and shake him by the neck and then smack him around a little bit. It's unbelievable the way they lie to you. Try to to decipher this. This is this Fareed Zakaria of CNN with Don Lamont, two geniuses if ever there were, on television at the same time. Wow. Listen to this cockamamie explanation of why the red wave isn't happening. It's great if you can follow it. Uh, your skepticism about this, uh, Don, is is well wa- warranted. Uh, Congressman Swallow said that the um, the generic ballot, the Democrats were surging. I, I think that might be a slight uh, exaggeration. The Democrats are doing better than they were. The Republicans still have a uh, an advantage. They are still leading in the generic ballot. And unfortunately, because of all kinds of electoral rules and some gerrymandering and things like that, Republicans overperform. That is to say, even when they lose the the, the overall vote, they tend to get a, a small majority. So if they have a if they're leading, they're going to do even better. So I don't think that it's enough yet to change the trajectory. But people were talking about a Republican blowout. That doesn't seem as likely. There is one troubling indicator, though, which remains to be true, which is a very surefire predictor on these things historically. The president's approval rating continues to be very bad. And of all the kind of indicators of of, uh, the president's party's performance in a midterm, I I think I I don't think I'm wrong in saying this. I think the single most surefire predictor is what is the president's approval rating? And not very good right now. Thank you, Don. Thank you for weighing in. Not very good right now. Be mindful, you subjects. This is in Africa. And you thinking the red wave is going to happen, uh-uh. And then in the next breath he says, but the greatest indicator, the predictor, is the low approval rating of a president, which leads to a blowout. But don't think there's going to be a blowout. <laughs> they just talk. They just talk to hear themselves talk. They don't say anything worth hearing. It's amazing, isn't it? But that is how they are. They're a bizarre group, these people. And they're hard to figure sometimes. David Axelrod is a lot clearer in his thoughts. This is a guy who was 
in Obama's White House. And even though he's hopelessly a liberal, I try to decipher when I hear former Obama people talking about Biden, I try to decipher the level of animosity they have toward Biden. It's like they hate him, which I understand. He's a hateful person. But I'm surprised they do it publicly. They clearly are tired of his baloney. They don't want him running again because I believe they're positioning Mikey Obama to run. And they'll throw all their support behind him, her. Axelrod actually points out that this red wave that Farad, whatever his name is, Zakari, claims really isn't there, this blowout. Axelrod understands that when he hears Biden talk and when he hears people like Brian Deese talk and Bernstein about the recession and the ambiguity of the length of the word transitory, Axelrod cuts to the chase. But you do have to link up to where people live. And right now, people are at, you know, the gas prices are coming down. They're still high. They're going to grocery stores. They watch those numbers climb. He needs improvement on inflation. He needs public attitudes to improve. Uh, and he needs to be careful about not uh, not getting out of sync with people's experience. Bingo. And he is out of sync with people's experience. He's tone deaf. They all are. When you stand up there and claim that, hey, quit worrying about recessions or inflation because it's really all about the ambiguity of the length of the word transitory. Or another guy gets up there and says, hey, we don't have a famine. These people are hopelessly arrogant, smug, and out of touch. We don't have a famine. Wow. I mean, they're sickening, really. I don't get it. Victor Davis Hanson is a smart guy. He's at the uh, at Stanford University as part of a conservative think tank, and he's a very brilliant guy. Written plenty of books. You've heard him talk before. When he when he speaks, I listen. Sometimes I confess he's a bit over my head, but other times he's spot on at our level. He's he is an intellectual, and he understands what needs to happen if we're to get back to. Sealing the border, if we're to get back to the Trump era of immigration and perhaps even build on it, he understands what needs to happen, and it's pretty basic. If they vote 50-50 for Republican or conservative candidates in the fall, believe me, you will hear the 1992-1996 Democratic Convention rhetoric of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the Clintons, on how we have to have legal-only immigration because they will not want to import people who within a generation are, are innately conservative. He's talking about the Hispanic vote, 50-50. If they vote 50-50, you'll hear the Clintons and the Obamas and the Bidens go, oh, no, no, let's go back to that. Only legal citizens get to vote. It, it's incredible how blatantly obvious this whole border crossing mess is. It's designed to get votes. You're flying them to different pockets of the United States where you think you might be in trouble and these people can vote. Who would have ever thought that anyone in their right mind would even utter the sentence that illegals can vote? That doesn't happen in any country. 
If you go over to, I don't know, Germany, and you say you're going to vote in their elections, but you're not a citizen of Germany, do you think you get to vote? Of course you don't. Go to Canada, try to vote Trudeau out. Trudeau out. If you're not a citizen, you're not voting. Only here does that go on. Third world countries don't even do it. Only this country. And then when you say, we have to have tougher election laws to prevent the fraud, the people committing the fraud say, you're a racist. (laughs) Forgetting, of course, that in order to vote, white people have to show their ID just like black people do. But the racists are telling you, the ones who commit the fraud are telling you, that the minorities are too stupid, too incompetent, any other reason you might throw in there, to even obtain a photo ID. Never mind that any time I go anywhere, I see black people driving, I see them going to the grocery store, I see them paying for the groceries, I see them using credit cards, I see them using an ID if they write a check, I see them going to banks. Well, how in the hell are they doing that? I thought they were too incompetent to have a photo ID. You know, you go into your bank, and nowadays you withdraw $1,000. They want to see your ID. Well, how are the black people able to get any money out of their own accounts? They're not smart enough to get their own ID. That's what the liberals have told us. These racist voting laws. Let's be clear about what's going on at the border. It's not just illegal crossings, three million of them in a year and a half. It's what the thug cartels are doing to women and children. Robert Almonte is a former U.S. Marshal who worked on the border. His description of what they call a rape tree should sicken any American, any American with a conscience, conscience, and should make any American turn almost violently against Biden. And you have these coyotes that are raping young girls, teenage girls, elderly women. And uh, these are brutal rapes. They beat them up, and then they uh, remove their uh, undergarments, and they place them on a tree like a trophy tree. And it's kind of a challenge to the other coyotes to see if they can match that. So, This is civilized society? These people are barbaric. They're savages. They call it the rape tree, and there's a picture of it. It's got all kinds of women's underwear on branches. And do you think Biden even addresses it? Do you think his border czar addresses it? Of course not. She's too busy addressing the effect of Roe versus Wade on disabled people. He's getting licked by his dog before he works out. I mean, it's laughable. It's laughable. Three senators, Roger Marshall, Ben Lugan, and Susan Collins weighed in on the border situation. And I have a message for them after you hear them. If we don't secure our borders, th- this epidemic is only going to get worse. The screening or lack thereof that is done at our ports should alarm all of us. Five or six percent just improved to 10 percent with passenger screening into the southern border. Is embarrassing. I think we have to face the very unpleasant truth 
that what we're doing is not working. Then why don't you get off your ass and draft a bill that will work? These people do nothing. They sit around, they have hearings, they complain, they become wealthy, they have insider trading tips, then they become wealthier, then they sit around, then they do nothing, then they get wealthier, and then they speak in public. And they do nothing to solve the very problem they're whining about. When's the last time there was an immigration bill passed by Congress? I'd like to know when there was a, when the last time there was an immigration bill suggested by anyone in Congress. Ted Cruz is doing something about it in terms of calling attention to what's really going on down there. He took seven fellow senators with him. I don't know the makeup of the seven men or women delegation, if they were all Republicans or if they were a mix, if they were men and they were, and they were women. But he took them down to the southern border and went on a midnight patrol with the border crossing agents. What he found, and he has documented it on videos, what he found is disgusting, and he talked about it. Virtually every illegal immigrant who crosses the border is wearing a color-coded plastic wrist bracelet. The color corresponds to how many thousands of dollars they owe the cartel. So you've got to pay the cartel anywhere between 3000 and for for Chinese illegal immigrants, they're paying as much as fifty or seventy thousand dollars to come in illegally, and you have to pay the cartel. There is a hundred percent operational control of the border. If you try to cross the border on your own, the cartel will kill you. Okay, now this brings an obvious question to my mind. Let's say I'm an Asian who wants to gain illegal entry into the United States from China, and I have to give the cartel fifty or seventy thousand dollars. Maybe I should just stay put in China because apparently I'm doing pretty well. Does anybody out there listening right now have an extra 50 or 70 grand to give to some cartel so that you can go cross into another country? Apparently these Chinese people do. And even the destitute people have three or $4,000 they're giving to these cartels. Who's paying that? Is it Soros? Well, you know damn good and well it is. These people don't have three or $4,000. If they did, they wouldn't be coming here. But if I got an extra 70 grand lying around on my couch, what do I need to leave my couch for? It's bizarre. Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, like me, knows that these problems are simple to resolve. They are simple. They're not complex because they were all self-inflicted. Simple. Simple solutions for simple people. Biden isn't even a simpleton. Inflation, which is a direct result of the president's policies, is a cancer on the American dream. And it is rampant. It is unrestrained. But the issue, of course, is what do we do about it? And from where I sit, the solution is so straightforward. Number one, while the Federal Reserve is doing its job, stop spending. We have a federal budget. Live within it. Number two, start to reduce the deficit. Number three, 
freeze all federal proposed federal regulations. They're just going to add to the cost of goods and services. Number four, return America to energy independence. And number five, once again, while the Fed's doing its job and on the supply side, um, extend the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm not sure about the order of his five priorities, five things to do. I guess you could take him in any order. But number one would be returning us to energy independence. That's number one. Number two I would put out there is re- removing all of these regulations. If you remember, when Donald Trump took office, he removed all of these regulations that were strangling businesses. That was what jump-started the economy under President Trump, in my view. And then, of course, the tax breaks. All of that helps. The spending is out of control. That goes without saying. The deficit is out of control. That goes without saying. But even with the high deficit, we were able to control and have a spectacular economy when Trump was in. And Trump signed off on a spending bill that he said at the time he would never do again, but he had to in order to get something else that he wanted. But even with that, we had a spectacular economy humming along. No one was in financial jeopardy unless you chose to be. You just chose not to work. But you weren't hearing people screaming and yelling about gas prices and food prices and 401Ks, the disappearing 401K. All of this is brought on by liberals, and it's brought on intentionally. Destroy us, then control us. That's the mantra of liberals. And John Kennedy's under no illusion as to what Biden stands for. After 18 months, we know what President Biden stands for. Um, if you don't know by now, you're thick as a brick. Uh, he, he believes in uh, bigger government, higher taxes, um, more spending, more debt, more regulation, open borders, a weaker military, and turning cops into social workers. And those policies have hurt the American people deeply. But in no respect, none, has President Biden hurt the American people more than in their pocketbooks. And I'm talking about inflation. That's exactly what Biden is. He described him perfectly. He lied all throughout the secret campaign that he conducted from his basement, telling everybody what a moderate he was. He's further left than any of the traditional liberals. He's further left than Sandy Cortez, I believe. I really do. And he's such a phony liar. And Victor Davis Hanson understands the phoniness of liberals and what it all means. You ask yourself, why Why are 3 million people going to come in the first two years of the Biden administration? And the answer is, it's the manifestation of this bi-coastal elite that's never subject to the consequences of their own ideology. Exactly. They want vaccination. Anybody that's not vaccinated in the military, out. Anybody in the federal workforce, out. 3 million people come in untested, unvaxxed, no problem whatsoever. Walls are ossified. They're calcified. They don't work. But my estate, i got to have a big wall in Malibu or Atherton or et cetera. And then schools, we have to have a diverse school. But my kids are going to be at a private academy. And I love diversity, but only as an employer that hires cheap labor. So this is new. It really is. It's nihilism. And, and it, 
it really begs the question, why are they doing this? It's almost like it's a psychological projection so that they're, they know they're guilty that they live apartheid, segregated existences, and they don't want to change it, but they think by performance art, virtue signaling in the abstract, I'm for diversity, I'm for open borders, then that squares the circle of their own privilege. Carpe double diem, Victor Davis Hanson. So true. So true. They shout all of these platitudes and then they don't live by them themselves, but they expect you to live by them. And Mikey Obama, just a couple of years ago, validated what Victor just said. And it was all about white people being afraid of black people. Now, she's full of crap. I've lived in different homes in my life. Some where black people already lived in the neighborhood. Others where blacks moved in or Indians or Asians. No one I know in any of those neighborhoods, any white person, got up and ran. No one. But Mikey Obama wants you to believe in racist America, because she's a racist, that Whitey is afraid of people like her. We grew up in the period, as I write, of called white flight. That as families like ours, upstanding families like ours, you know, who were doing everything we were supposed to do and better, um, as we moved in, uh, white folks moved out because they were afraid of what our families represented. And I always stop there when I talk about this out, out in the world because, you know, I want to remind white folks that Y'all were running, running from us, and you're still running <laughs> because we're no different than the immigrant families that are moving in, the families in Pilsen, the, the, the families that are coming from other places to try to do better. And so, yeah, I, felt, I feel a sense of injustice. I feel a sense of injustice every time I hear that big mouth speak, that a racist like her gets to have a microphone, that a racist like her writes her venom in a book. That a racist like her gets applause for those racist comments. You white folks are still running. What white folk is afraid of you? You pig-headed thug. That's all she is. White folks afraid of her. I got news for you. They're not afraid of Barry Hussein either. You people, you two, your family scare nobody. I got news for you. Let's play into the old racial stereotypes. Oh, black family's moving in. The neighborhood's going to hell. That's what she wants you to think. Nobody thinks like that except her. She thinks like that. She and that coward husband of hers, if indeed he is her husband, his, her, its husband. I've never seen such an arrogant, pompous ass who has accomplished absolutely nothing on her own. Nothing. She would be the biggest nothing burger in the history of mankind if she didn't marry a guy, a mulatto, who became president. What would she be doing? Well, she's already given us a hint. She'd be hating this country. She's told us that. She hated it right up until the time he became president. And then tries to tell you, but it's not because of his success that I stopped hating the country. Oh, no, of course not. That was coincidental. This woman, man, it, hates America, 
hates white people, hates anything to do with you having the choice over your own life. But I love hearing a black woman lecture me, a white guy, about running when she and her hubby have planted themselves in a $15 million mansion in Martha's Vineyard in Edgartown, Massachusetts, one of the most elite enclaves in America, by the way, almost exclusively white, and none of the white people ran away. None of those millionaires and billionaires up in Martha's Vineyard ran from the Obamas. How'd that happen? They all kept their mansions. None of them left. Stunning. She is as despicable, if not more so, than Hildebeest. Hildebeest is as dumb as she is arrogant. Obama's wife is just beyond arrogant. And she's dumb too, but she's way beyond arrogant. This wench, if I were black, I would despise her. She plays the race card every time she opens her mouth. She literally hates white people. If it were up to her, all those white people on Martha's Vineyard would be forced to leave. And she's probably pissed off they didn't leave. And while we're at it, rather than have these illegal aliens running all over the country, Victor Davis Hanson has a challenge to all the universities. It's summertime. You don't have any students at your university. You've got a lot of open dorm rooms. Our major universities are in recess. There's about 4 million dorms nationwide right now that are empty. Yes. And we yes. hear all this virtual signaling from Stanford, Yale, Princeton. These are the ideal places. They have open housing. You can bring in illegal immigrants. You can fly them in. They have medical schools that could offer medical assistance. They have legal uh, law schools that could offer legal assistance. They have interns that could help with uh, emergent English programs. This would be the solution to the problem. The universities could step up and say, we want to reify our rhetoric with concrete action. We've got the facilities. Bring them in. I think it would be a wonderful, noble, and moral experience if our college presidents stepped up. Let me tell you what chance there is of that. Slim and none and slim left town. These liberal elitists that run these universities want nothing to do with illegal aliens. Ah, those dirty people aren't coming into our dorms. We're Harvard. We're Dartmouth. We're Yale. We're Stanford. We're the University of Missouri, for that matter. They won't have them either. They want nothing to do with the illegal aliens that they've brought into the country except on election day. That's the only time they care about them. Down in Florida, we finally found a school board member in this entire country that cares about the kids. Wow. You'd think that would be a given for the job, wouldn't you? If you ran for the school board in your local school district, wouldn't you suppose that the person running cares about kids? Shockingly, they don't, and they've proven it time and time again. But one lady by the name of Ashley Gilhausen has had enough of the perversion that public schools are trying to indoctrinate children with. These perversion-infested books that they call educational books. I don't understand um 
how anybody could make such an egregious mistake. Um, To me, there needs to be disciplinary action um, for anybody who offers this kind of material to a child. My own research in our school libraries, um, so far I've identified 75 books that I'm working to challenge to get off of our shelves. Um, I'm disgusted that anybody would think that that's appropriate material to have in a school library. Immediately, my first phone call was to the person that oversees our curriculum and instruction. And my first question was, how in the world did this happen in Clay County? And so for me as a school board member, obviously that is um, alarming. (laughs) Um, And then for me as a mom, it's unconscionable. Carpe diem to Ashley Gilhausen. But she wasn't through. She and her colleagues on that school board passed an emergency act or bill or whatever you would call it at a school board, uh, whereby a challenge to these books gets the ball rolling. Here's what she said about the, the emergency action they took. I think the beauty of this policy is that it creates a mechanism so that as soon as a book is challenged, it's removed from the shelf until it's reviewed which I think a lot of parents across the state and across the country have not had that kind of reception from their local districts and their local boards. Um, The form that has to be submitted in order for the book to be pulled for review, I've completed many of them personally because I'm that concerned about it, and I'm willing to put the hours and the work in to make sure that these books are off the shelves before school starts. Off the shelves before school starts. She's going through them herself. If you're a parent, that's what you need to do. I always say, you know, do what you can do, no matter how menial it appears, to make it better. Well, every parent of any school child should go through these books and encourage your school board to pass the same kind of law that they passed in their school district. That if the book is simply challenged, it's removed from the bookshelves until it's reviewed. Get them all off the school bookshelves before school starts, which it's going to happen pretty quickly. We're at the end of July. We're already in August here in another day or two or three. And then about the middle of August, teachers go back, and before September turns, the kids are in school. That's not a lot of time to get through these books. But unfortunately, most school districts don't even adopt the kind of law that they've passed at her school district. But she didn't just take part in that. She went in and reviewed the books herself. And she's lodged complaints against 75 books, 75 pornographic books on the shelves of school children. It's unconscionable, as she said. It's much more than alarming. And she's right. The people responsible for these decisions, principals, superintendents, teachers, should not only face disciplinary action, but the discipline should be permanent removal from any school or any job situation that requires you to be around children. You are a sex pervert. You are a sexual predator. If you are in favor and are pushing for these books to be part of any curriculum. So just like a sexual predator has to register when they get out of school, or excuse me, when they get out of prison, these teachers and these principals 
And the superintendents need to have to register as well after they've been fired for their sexual perversion. And that's what they are. They're pedophiles. They're sexual perverts. And good for you, Ashley Gilhausen. And by the way, Ashley's a young mom. You can see in the video. She's not an old timer. She's a young mom. And she's had enough. We see these idiot protests, and I thought to myself yesterday when I saw the protesters around the building where Donald Trump was going to speak, and then we see these abortion protesters all every day everywhere. I think, are these protests ever going to stop in this country? Every day we hear about uh, the right to protest. That is not what's going on here. These are harassers. These people are yelling profanity. This isn't protesting. Every one of these people should be arrested and given long sentences. We need to build more prisons in this country. I'm sure as hell not worried about funding for the crap that they want to fund. I want to fund more prisons. And then I want to put these criminals in there. And Matt Gates, who is quickly becoming our hero, was asked about what he thought of these women who were protesting at these abortion rallies. He said the quiet part out loud. Is it safe to say that based off of your comments, you're suggesting that these women at these abortion rallies are ugly and overweight? Yes. What do you say to people who think that those comments are offensive? Be offended. Mm -hmm. Carpe quadruple diem, Matt Gates. He just said what every guy believes. And probably most women. These people are disgusting that show up. They're unkempt, they're, they stink, they're dressed horribly, they have all kinds of crap all over their bodies, and they think somehow people want to listen to their whining and their caterwauling about abortion? Maybe they're unhappy that they weren't aborted. Maybe that's the problem. Nice going, Matt Gates. You're reaching hero status quickly. I mentioned earlier that these late-night comedy shows that aren't funny anymore. Back in the good days when Carson was at the top of his game, they would make fun of every politician, every president, Republican or Democrat, but it was good-natured fun. And all of a sudden, Jimmy Fallon decided he would point his laser at Biden. And it's pretty it's a pretty simple target. President Biden has been isolating with COVID, and today his doctor said that his symptoms are now almost completely resolved. Yeah, that's true. Biden staff was like, just to be safe, let's keep him isolated until 2025. <laughs> I'm happy for the president because usually when you hear the words Biden and viral, it's because he fell up the stairs. And you go, How do you do that? <laughs> yeah, Biden's doctor said that his pulse, blood pressure, and respiratory rate remain absolutely normal. Then Biden flipped on the news and his doctor said, never mind. <laughs> Biden's been isolated for the last five days. When asked how he spent the time, Biden said, I told one story. <laughs> Good one. It was a good one. Yeah, come on. Yep, Biden's treatment involves taking six pills a day for five days. All weekend long, his pill organizer was holding on for dear life. He's like, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> you can picture that, can't you? I can. 
There's no doubt about it. I can see that. And I got to tell you that the we, we, we play the uh, deep thoughts with Heels Up Harris for you earlier. The Biden goofs never get old. And here's a few of them just to make your day. Oops, we lost them. Sorry, that's my bad, I believe. I don't think I've got them. I somehow deleted them. My bad. But let's do a little Harris word salad, shall we? The Dobbs decision and the act of the United States Supreme Court to take away a constitutional right that had been recognized from the people of America will impact a lot of people and differently in some situations. And we need to be responsive to these issues and also lift up the voices of all people who will be impacted in the way that they will be impacted. Deep thoughts with heels up never gets old either, does it? That's incredible stuff. It really is. I'm at a loss to even attempt to understand her. I hate to say this, but there are times when I think she's worse than Biden. Because she's not suffering from dementia. Now, even before he was suffering from dementia, he was an idiot. And he made all kinds of stupid comments that made no sense and all kinds of racist comments. Most of his racist, bigoted comments were made when he was lucid or whatever level of lucid he was. But he ain't anymore. And folks, as you see the rain fall, if it stopped where you are, maybe it has. If it hasn't, perhaps you're checking your windows and you're finding out, well, guess what? I need new windows. Or maybe you've seen your utility bills skyrocket even more than what Biden has caused them to go up. Well, you need new windows. Call Window World, 314-993-1800. I made that call. And they'll come out to your house, and they'll prove to you how they're simply the best for less. They'll do that for free. It's a free in-house estimate, 314-993-1800. I have Window World windows. As a consequence of my having Window World windows, my utility bills have gone way down. I no longer pay that exorbitant amount of money. Somebody said to me, wait till you get your new electric bill. Well, I got it, and it's higher. But thanks to my Window World windows, it's not something that I looked at and said, oh, my God. If you're finding exorbitant utility bills, you might think my cool air is escaping. The warm air is coming in in the summer, so my air conditioner is running 24-7. In the wintertime, your warm air is getting out, the cold air is getting in, the furnace is running all day and night. Sooner or later, those things are going to break down. You're going to have a big ticket expense. But monthly, you're suffering because your utility bills are too high. Window World Windows, the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs, very charitable organization. Their charitable arm, Window World Cares. They're having their big trivia night coming up in about 10 days. They'll raise over... $200,000 that night. They've raised well into the millions already. They've done this in just over 17 years. Improved the look and thermal efficiency of over 60,000 homes in our area. They give you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage and labor. That's right, glass breakage. And a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage and labor. And they do that with Double-strength glass. That's what they use. 
double strength glass. Now, you won't find that in Windows, but you'll find it in Window World Windows. And you'll find that as a normal course of business. It's not an upsell. It's not extra. And if you're talking about extra, take a look at the price of the Window World Windows and compare it to the competition. You won't believe what you're hearing. Better product, better service, better price. Window World, 314-993-1800. And they offer same-as-cash financing, 18 months same-as-cash financing with approved credit. Window World. All right. Why don't we go ahead and take a, a quick break. And when we come back, as always, we'll have more. But we'll also entertain your phone calls if you would enjoy that part of it. Well, I rode out on that ribbon highway. I saw above me the endless sky. I saw below me a golden valley. This land was made for you and Well, I roamed and I rambled And I followed my footsteps Through the sparkling sands Of the diamond desert And all around me A voice was calling Said this
old Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Your phone calls are welcome. 636-538-0746. You can join right in on any of the topics we've discussed. Cardinals did lose that game in Toronto last night, 10 to 3, absent Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Baseball continues to disgrace itself. It has no integrity. It has no authenticity. It has no credibility. When you allow a renegade dictator like Trudeau in Canada to dictate that players cannot come to Canada and play in a game unless they're vaccinated, then you deserve what you get. And baseball is getting an earful from everybody. Why would you ever take baseball seriously again? They have compromised the integrity of the game. They're allowing this to go on. They're allowing Toronto to take full advantage. They're now 31-19 and 19 at home, 23-24 and 24 on the road. They will make the playoffs because they're being able to play against teams that can't bring their best players in many cases. Cleo is up first. Good morning, Cleo. Hey, good morning. How's it going, Kevin? It's going great. Going great. Man, I got to echo you on uh, Major League Baseball. That's that's terrible. That's embarrassing. What they're doing there. It's embarrassing that they allow that. And this team's going to make the Toronto's going to make the playoffs. Yes, they are. And if I were a team in the American League battling for a playoff spot against them, I'd be screaming from the highest mountain. I wonder how much complaint the Mosaic did to the MLB. Well, I texted Bill DeWitt the third about it. And he told me how frustrating it is. And I said, if I were you guys and if I were Arenado and if I were Goldsmith, I'd be suing baseball. That's what I would do. And then, then that might stop. And I tell Toronto, if I ran baseball, you're playing your home games in the United States. So pick a city. Right, right. Yeah, this Arenado guy, this is a guy that wants to win badly. I bet he had to button his lip not to say anything. Well, he did say plenty the week before when he, he was taking aim at the Cardinal front office in Mosellock when he said, I didn't come here to finish as a wild card. I came here to win divisions and win championships. This business of just qualifying for the wild card doesn't sit well with him. Well, good for him. He's a competitor. Exactly. I love his attitude. Yeah, look at his face when he's playing, man. He's really into it. He is. And Goldschmidt, too. These are two guys who haven't had success, team success, but they've had a lot of individual success, and they'd like to win. Right. Classic classic guys. Not just great players, but classic players. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I got a couple things really ticking me off here lately. Uh, they are going to prosecute Trump. You just watch. They've done – look at everything else they've, they've had the balls to do. They'll prosecute him. They'll, they'll come in the middle of the night like they did some of his associates and put him in, put him in handcuffs. They'll do it. I could not agree with that more. They are going to do it. And that's why they've opened this bogus investigation based on no evidence because they're going to do it. Their, their entire goal is to cripple him so he can't run and if he runs, can't get elected. That was the January 6th committee's goal. They failed miserably at it. So now they have to go to option two and that's to get him indicted, which is easy. You can get anybody indicted. Let's find out if the grand jury, which is no doubt made up of all Washingtonians, liberals, right. in other words, indicts the president and doesn't really care about justice. It's easy. They'll do it, man. I think they're going to do it, too. I really do. And that's all designed to cripple him. 
I wish this country would revolt. If you're a liberal, if you're a Democrat, you should vote for Trump just for this so that we can put an end to this. I, I, I don't care. If this were Obama and they were pulling that with him, I'd say the same thing. And I hate him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it, I think they'll do it before he announces he's going to run. If they do it after he announces he's going to run, it really would look very bad. It would look real bad. But they, you know what, Cleo? They don't seem to care how it looks. They've abandoned that long ago, and the reason they don't have to care how it looks is because they'll get full cover from the media. Correct. And I see they want to uh, uh, subpoena Jenny Thomas. Liz Cheney wants to, you know, over the January 6th bullcrap. Yeah, this is a sitting Supreme Court justice's wife <laughs> who happens to hold conservative values, and simply because of that, Cheney wants to embarrass her. Cheney wants to embarrass every person of conservative background that has any kind of a position in society. She's a especially, coward. She's a coward, right. and she's worthless as a human being. Especially if, if the conservative is black, they're the number one target of liberals. Conservative black. There is no doubt about that, and that's what Clarence mm-hmm. Thomas is. His wife is white, but it doesn't matter. They're aiming the bullet at Clarence Thomas through his wife. Yeah, conservative black. And I'm a conservative black. I'm afraid they're going to they're come after me one of these days. Well, if they ever hear what you think, they will. <laughs> <laughs> but take that as a badge of honor. Yeah. You know, I you know, I hope I influence some people. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm calling. I want to influence people. I hope you do, too, and I hope the black community gets influenced because I think the Hispanic community is becoming influenced. And I think what Victor Davis Hanson said earlier here in the show, if the Hispanics vote 50-50 for Republicans, and I think they might, then you'll see uh, these liberals say, oh, no, we're not going to have these illegals voting anymore. Uh, that's got to stop. They, they, I don't care what format they use, they're buying off elections. That's right. You got to hand it to the Hispanic people for, you know, for, for using their brains here. Yeah, I agree more. And, and I think that the, the problem in the black community becomes one of history. For 50 years, they've believed that the Democrats are doing something for them. It's a 50-year lie. They haven't done a damn thing for them. And that lie continues to be perpetuated. And then you have a bigot like Biden who gets in there and is anti-black, even though he tries to claim he isn't, his record speaks for itself. His associations speak for themselves. If I'm hanging out with the grand cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, <laughs> you can pretty well be sure that I agree with what he thinks. Exactly, sure. I mean, that's, the, like, mo- that's like, the most disgraceful of them all. I, I just I can't even get past that. And like Obama having Al Sharpton come in the White House 38 times or whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was over 70 times. You're right. <laughs> this guy's nothing but a bigot who, by, by the way, has accomplished nothing except ripping people off. And here's Obama buddies with him. It, He's it, a bigot, all right. Yeah. There are bigots on all sides. There are bigots on all sides. And I think what people have to understand is that Obama hates white people. His wife detests white people. Yeah, and it's just it, and I don't know why Obama would. He's half and half. I mean, this guy's as much white as he is black, but you never yeah. hear him say that. Yeah, I'm afraid the Democratic Party is going to push Michelle, and she she probably she's going to run, man. I think, and that's mainly what. I, go ahead. I was say I think you're right. That's mainly what I call it. But it really ticks me off is this white flight crap. 
you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a black man, but this white flag is a bunch of crap. A, a very good friend of mine used to live up there near, near O'Fallon Park. And, man, the things that happened to him and his family, you wouldn't believe it, when the neighborhood was integrated. A good friend of him was murdered as the integration started by you-know-what. And his, his, his mother operated a confectionery up there, and she had a head blown off in a robbery. Head blown off. Very good friend of a fella I know. That's sick. And, and another, another fella, his grandmother lived in Warner Park there, on Claxton Avenue, she was the last white person on the block, 80 years old. They used to shoot through her door with bullets trying to get her to move. And I, It's unconscionable and I got, behavior. Yeah, white flight. Don't give me this white flight. And I got one more story for you, man. Another family, a white family lived there, you know, Fallon Park. They used to be robbed almost biweekly, petty robberies in their house, real nice house. They, they wouldn't move. Again, the last white family on the block. Well, in conjunction with the robberies, a real estate agent would be constantly knocking on their door in between robberies saying, you want to sell yet? You ready to sell? Wow. Don't give me this white flight crap. I'm sick of it. Carpe diem to Cleo. You're 100% correct, and I love having evidentiary stories to back it up. That's phenomenal stuff. Somebody ought to send that uh, the tape of Cleo's Corner here today to Mikey Obama. It's, they're all true. I'm not embellishing a damn word of it. Oh, I wouldn't I do that. Uh, l- listen, if, if we could send this to Mikey Obama, maybe uh, maybe that would give him her a conscience. I, I doubt it, though. When you don't have one, it's hard to get one. But You but- know, this, this, this fella, he's a real good friend of mine. You know what he said to me in the finality? He said, Cleo, if I still live there, you think I'd still be alive as a white guy? Wow. <laughs> that, that's, what, 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 yeah. that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, white flight. So she's lecturing us on white people are afraid of her. Um, like I said before, I've moved into neighborhoods. I've been in neighborhoods already. Black families moved in. No one moved out. No one. No one's running from anybody that I've my entire lifetime. And I've been alive for a while. I've not seen it. I, I was not in those kinds of neighborhoods where uh, these kinds of threats were made, obviously. But good for those people to not leave. There's no white flight. People aren't afraid. But when you're when you when you have thugs move in, I don't care what color they are. They're thugs. It's called the instinct of self-preservation. All all animals have it. Even the insects have it. All the, and of course, human beings have it. Self-preservation. That's what it's about. Carpe double DM to you. Words of wisdom this morning. Not just Cleo's corner, but words of wisdom and words of truth. That's what I love hearing. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm kind of passionate about this issue, this white flight crap. I'm sick of it. I love it because you've experienced it with your friends who are white, and that is sad. Those stories are terribly sad and tragic. And I wonder how many times those stories get told, Cleo. Unless you're telling them, I'll bet you never. That's right. All right. I hope I. I hope I. I hope people take to heart what I just said. I do too. I hope everybody listening tells us tells ten other people. That's how you spread the good word. All right, and good luck to this Mr. Jones in North St. Louis, North St. Louis getting elected. Did he, does he have to win the Republican primary first, doesn't he? Yes, he'll have to win the Republican primary first, and then uh, it would appear that it would be Cory Bush as his opponent. 
and we've got to trump up, trump him, trump him up. That's an ironic choice of words, but we've got to continue to trump his trumpet his chances and why people should vote for him because he well, has all of the qualities of the kind of upstanding people that you and I know, the kind of people that want to save the country, the kind of people that don't like what's happening in this country. These are actual patriots, and Andrew Jones is one of those. Right. Man, I tell you, I just, I just dream about it. If he was to upset Cory Bush, that would be a national story. It would be a national story, and it would be a heroic story. <laughs> it would be a triumph yeah. of, a, of, a, of a guy with all the odds stacked against him, all the criminals trying to fix the election, and him beating her anyway. And we'll make this St. Louis area look pretty darn good. Yeah, and boy, don't we need it. <clears throat> that's right. That's what, That's right. Yeah, between murders and floods, that's the only time you hear St. Louis in the news. Yeah, they just they just killed somebody on Fallon Park about a week ago. Yeah, uh, I used I used to live there. Good grief! Thank God you're out of there. <laughs> no matter what color I am, man. Yeah, absolutely, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, and and you know people like Mike Obama they never they never mentioned black on black crime. They never mentioned that while uh, her husband's from Chicago, he never went into the neighborhoods in Southside Chicago to try to quell the gang violence that goes on there while he was president, you know that some of those gangs would have listened to him. But he didn't even try. And to they me, that's care. his greatest sin. They don't care about – liberals don't care about people dying. Just just like uh, uh, Biden doesn't care about how many people die of fentanyl that comes across the southern border. He doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. As long as it benefits him, he doesn't care what happens to you. And like Victor Davis Hanson said, they live in their gates, uh, gated communities behind walls, but they don't want walls for the border. Very true. All right, I get off the air now. Great stuff, Cleo. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye now. A great Cleo's Corner episode. Spectacular. Those stories are scary, but those stories are probably living out every day in different parts of America. But Mikey Obama wants you to think white people are scared. You heard that little old lady that Cleo described. She wasn't scared. Last white person in the neighborhood. White flight. How about whites being forced to leave because of crimes being committed against them? That's what the truth is, that's what Cleo just described. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing well. You sound like well, you have a cold or perhaps it's COVID. Yeah, well, you know, you could tell my, you know, call your doctors up and say, I just chopped my toe off. Um, what do I do? Well, get a COVID test first. But, yeah, no, I I, uh, I do. I got, I got a cold. I'm starting to feel better. I didn't call yesterday, and I wanted to. If you don't mind, I'd like to. And I know you remember my son, Cole. Can you believe it, Kevin? He turned 22 yesterday. Hey, anytime we have young kids, they are 25 in a blink of an eye. Let me tell you what, I am so proud of this kid. He uh, he went back to the to where he now works. He went back to this place six times, six times to get this job. Kevin, I would have went maybe twice. And he kept asking me, Dad, well, what do you think I should do? I said, well, it depends on how bad you want this job is how many times you'll go back. Very proud of him. Happy birthday to him. Happy belated birthday. Well, happy belated birthday to him. When was his birthday? Yesterday? It was yesterday. Yeah, I was, I was too. too uh, you couldn't understand me to talk, so I didn't call him. But, yeah, he turned 22 yesterday. It's amazing. Blink and they're, and they're grown-ups and they're gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now his, now his goal is to get out of the house and, 
and get married. And I go, well, that's a good thing. You want to suffer just like the rest of us. <laughs> I'll bet your wife appreciated that. I hear, but she wasn't around. Good for your health. <laughs> I'm not very smart, but I'm not that dumb either. <laughs> Kevin, I'd like to be the unofficial sponsor who doesn't give any money to the Cleo's Corner. Wow, what a uh, just wisdom, wisdom, and, and Cleo is absolutely correct. I like to spot, or I like to quote the Post Dispatch when you get to rub a, a load of crap in their face. Because in the late 90s, early 2000s, more blacks were moving out of North St. Louis than whites were. Oh, I wonder why. Oh, is it because black people strive for the same thing like white people? They want to live in an area where they're not going to be victims of crime? It's, it's like Cleo said, it's just a bunch of crap. White flight. That's just another term liberals love to come up with. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, Kevin, I just wanted to call in. First of all, thank Cleo for his, his knowledge. Uh, wish my son a happy birthday. And as always, my friend, I love the show. Thank you, Dave. Carpe diem to you. We appreciate you, your call. You betcha. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. And happy birthday to his son. You bet. Happy birthday. Yeah, these birthdays, he, his son's not quite there yet, but when he gets there, he'll stop counting those birthdays. <laughs> they won't be reasons for celebration. Oh, good grief. By the way, did you notice, uh, uh, and I didn't quite, uh, maybe I knew it and forgot it, but our research assistant reminded me that Mikey Obama has a sister-in-law who's white. Mikey's brother is married to a white chick. Now, I'm wondering if that's the basketball coach. It probably is. But I wonder how Mikey gets along with them. Probably not, probably not very well. That would be my guess, but just a guess. Phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. I don't know if you saw this, but good old Beetlejuice, the uh, it's for thee but not for me continuation of that philosophy. Apparently multiple, multiple police-driven vehicles, SUVs, that are used to transport her around Chicago have racked up tons of traffic tickets that have gone unpaid. Now, she's an advocate for stricter speed cameras in the city, and yet her cars have unpaid <laughs> unpaid speed camera tickets. They also have unpaid speeding tickets that weren't monitored by a camera. One of the uh, SUVs is eligible to be booted and impounded over the lack of payment. At least two of the speeding violations occurred in school zones. And in the citation, the police officer wrote that school children were present. I'm telling you, even liberals make me scratch my head how they could elect someone like this. She's a hateful, lie-filled, criminal advocate. That's all she is. And as long as she can commit the crimes, she's okay with that. She's perfectly okay with that. It doesn't phase her one iota. So unpaid ticket violations in Chicago. I wonder if the media up there is cracking down on that. I doubt it. 
you know, these kinds of stories surface just about in every city in America, don't they? You've got corrupt politicians doing something corrupt every single day. And there ought to be a way for all cities to get rid of them immediately. An impeachment process would take too long. There should be a way that, in, in for instance, in a city's case like Chicago, that the board of aldermen or aldermen, whatever they have there, their legislative body, can file a motion for the removal of the mayor and then put it on a ballot and have a special election. You don't let the legislators decide. You let the people decide. But there has to be a way to do that. Now, you wouldn't fear that if you were a law-abiding mayor. And it has to be, the motion for the removal has to be based on the commission of a crime. And in this case, unpaid speeding violations is a crime. And let the people vote. That way, if they felt all along that they made a mistake in electing her to begin with, they could rectify that mistake without having to wait for the expiration of the term. And if you do vote to rid your city of a cancer like Beetlejuice, there should not be a line of succession. And for that matter, there shouldn't be one in the presidency. It should be temporary. So if you voted to recall and remove Beetlejuice, it shouldn't be the vice mayor or whomever else is in line. That person should be there temporarily until a special election is held to elect a new mayor. In our country, on the national level, if they remove Biden, it shouldn't be automatic that Harris goes in. Harris should go in temporarily until there's a special election held. Let the people decide. Not some arbitrary line of succession. I understand the reasoning behind it from the founding fathers. I get it. But I don't think it's applicable, and I don't think it was ever a good idea. It just doesn't make sense. By the way, this is filtering out. It seems like there's a lot of leaks from the Supreme Court in the past few months, doesn't there? Where before in history, history, you never had one. Apparently, John Roberts, the Supreme Court's chief justice, the guy that no Republican or conservative would ever trust, apparently he tried to persuade the conservative judges to preserve Roe versus Wade. But the leak of Judge Justice Alito's draft opinion ended that campaign. So the liberals who leaked it to try to somehow bring pressure on the conservative justices to change their minds, eliminated any chance of that by publishing the leak where Roberts was trying to do their dirty work behind the scenes. Roberts claims the work of the court will not be affected in any way. Well, you were trying to affect it. Pretty amazing. Roberts was lobbying the conservative-leaning justices for months before that leak went out. 
Congratulations, George W. Bush. Or H.W., I can't remember which one appointed him. I think it was George W. Bush, though. The initial vote by the justices was enough to overturn Roe. That's when Roberts began his campaign to change the minds of other justices. Can you believe this guy? He specifically targeted Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. Those are the two, I guess, that he feels are the most vulnerable. Gorsuch was locked solid, I guess. We know the others were. The overtures were particularly strong toward Kavanaugh, and I wonder why Kavanaugh was the one selected for assassination. It's not a genius that would connect the dots between Roberts and the assassination attempt, is it? Well, you didn't get to change the outcome, Roberts, you criminal. So as soon as the opinion draft was leaked, that ended the lobbying on Roberts' part. But he was trying to strike a deal to continue to uphold Roe versus Wade. Now, so far, Supreme Court Marshal Gail Curley has done a miserable job of heading up the investigation into the leak. Three months later, we still don't have the identity of the leaker. Three months. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. You could find out who leaked something in your own office faster than that. But John Roberts, the guy that no conservative in the right mind would have any respect for whatsoever, has proven once again why we don't. That's incredible. But not surprising, I have to say. I'm not surprised. It just makes no sense. This whole country makes no sense. And that's scary all by itself. All right, folks, that's going to wrap us up for this morning. We thank you for listening. Hope you're back again tomorrow. The podcast will be on this website, kevinslaytonshow.com. It will be on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, Anchor, and any other place where you listen to podcasts. So check it out, whatever your favorite location is. We're back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock live, Central Time, only on kevinslaytonshow.com. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. Uh-huh.